Hello and welcome to the Weekly Song Podcast. Uh, my name is Roger Heathers and with me this week is uh, my co-host Declan Kitchener. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, thank you. Uh, yeah, this is very last minute. I wasn't actually meant to be here. <laughs> We've recorded another pre-recorded interview with uh, with Dr. Danny. Well, um, you say we, you have. Well, I have. We as the show, the proverbial we. The royal we. The royal we. I mean, you're the one doing all the work, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Declan uh, swung by and uh, so I thought we could do the intro and the outro together and um yeah so uh we have um, a special interview with dr danny of dr danny and the patients former keyboardist with the lemon twigs current keyboardist with sunflower bean and um yeah so it's gonna be a really good interview anything you'd like to add uh that only that this album is really good you're playing it in the car when we finished um our run of episodes when we were recording that and yeah it's a really good album that he's put out yeah, absolutely. We'll put um, links in the uh, the show notes to his uh, where you can find him and his music and his album and everything. And uh, well, we'll pass you over to the interview. Enjoy. So, hello, Danny. Uh, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. I'm out here in uh, Cardiff, about to play with the. Sunflower Bean. Awesome. And uh, what's the venue called tonight? Uh, we're actually at the Cardiff Cast right now. We're supporting uh, Manic Street Preachers. Manic Street Preachers? Man, I used to listen to them all the time. That's crazy. Yeah, I had a lot of people tell me that uh, uh, that's the first record I ever bought, or that's the first CD I ever bought. It's kind of like a, a stepping stone into the music industry for some. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> Do you know that song by them, Your, Your Love Alone Is Not Enough? I actually haven't listened to any of their music, I'm not going to lie. Oh man, you'd love it, that's a great song, really well written. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually watch the show, so here comes the uh, first time. Awesome, it's cool when you catch a band like live the first time. It's a pretty good way to experience music the first time. Yeah, um, luckily I've got to experience that a couple of times with... Uh, the Lemon Figs and Sunflower Beans for some bigger bands that are a little bit more critically acclaimed. And uh, it's like, hmm, like, I wonder what all the hub is about. Like, we got to open for uh, Interpol, and uh, now we're opening for Manic Street Preachers. And with the Lemon Figs, we opened for Phoenix and Mac DeMarco. And I just learned a lot about, um, I guess, a lot of where some types of music came from, you know? Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's cool. Um, so for any of our listeners who don't know about uh, your music with Dr. Danny and the Patients, um, I was wondering if you could introduce yourself and describe your style um, and uh, maybe a few of your influences as a musician and a writer. Oh, cool. Um, well, Dr. Danny stemmed from just, it's a, it was a solo project off the Lemon Twigs and Honestly, I released an EP and never thought that I would, uh, I guess, put my full force into it. But now it's happening, and I'm really just uh, blood, sweat, and tears into this project now as well. And um, it started with just mainly, like, uh, influences from Brian and Michael and the music that they were listening to, Brian and Michael of the Lemon Twigs. And during those tours, we were just listening to Todd Rundgren and... David Bowie, and, uh, you know, uh, again, like, 
of course, back to the Beach Boys and Beatles. So from that, seems like some sort of glam yet pop rock. Um, and uh, I guess uh, some could say it's like similar to the Lemon Twigs, but it probably makes sense because we were all just listening to the same music in the car. Uh, but my personal influences, like outside of the Lemon Twigs, uh, come from like My Chemical Romance, which is one of my favorite bands, and uh, also Queen and Pink Floyd. Uh, I guess for right now, those would be like my top three. But uh, I guess it's kind of hard to say that my music output like sounds like that because um, it's still coming from like a, a 60s pop, pop rock kind of vibe. Um, so it, it's really hard to distinguish exactly the difference between the music that I like and the music that I... I, I guess, used to make the music. Um, it's two different things, I think. I can totally see what you, where you're coming from with that. Um, I, I remember seeing on like a, an Instagram Q&A you did or something like that that you liked uh, My Chemical Romance and particularly The Black Parade. And uh, it's, it's strange because like you say, cause I'm a huge fan of that album too, and you say My Chemical Romance to people and they kind of think of maybe the earlier couple of albums, um, whereas the later stuff is... It's funny you say, like, uh, you, your music, uh, you know, in the Dr. Danny project might sound similar to the Lemon Twigs um, music. And in a way, yes, and in a way, no, in, in my, you know, obviously my personal opinion. Um, but I think a lot of it comes down to the way the chords work um, and, you know, a lot of that glam rock. And I'd kind of put the Black Parade in that um, that category, too, just falls into that, that nice chord work sort of thing. Um, is that something you consciously do when you write, like try to focus on your chord writing? Well, uh, I currently attend Five Towns College in Dix Hills, New York, and uh, it's primarily a jazz school. So the curriculum as of late has just been learning like why uh, chord progressions work and uh, like the most famously used chord progressions. And so that has definitely uh, influenced my like chord changes. And then um, I guess like the top lines, since that I'm there for piano and not vocal, I guess are more influenced to either the bands that I listen to or uh, the bands that I listened to with the Lemon Twigs. And so I think it's a, a combination of my school uh, allowing me to reach out to different ends of chord progressions and uh, the influences of my everyday listening to write top lines over it so i guess again it's like a combination that's cool i definitely get that that impression from your music um listening to nothing with love um which is your most recent album um you definitely get this impression that there's like a, a, a mixture of kind of glam rock and also a bunch of different other influences but um with it with attending the school and kind of learning more about like the so-called science of it do you feel like that's influenced your material for the upcoming album you're working on um, well, I think that, I think that more so the first record, uh, had a little bit more, like, flair in the chord progressions, and I guess a little bit more, uh, like, risks in the chord progressions, and I think that this, uh, second record is more just like, uh, 
like a hyperactive, having fun um, sort of deal. And uh, uh, it's like, yeah, it's like just a more fun, like rock and roll kind of vibe. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whereas like I was trying to integrate in the first record, like some more jazz chords. Um, But I guess on, on this one, like especially there's like an even slightly punk rock song on it. Um, and so it was more just about like song structure and top lining and just making sure that it's like, uh, all one vibe, I suppose. Cause I feel like, uh, with my first record, nothing but love, I don't know if you ever heard of it. But I feel like it's almost like too much in so many directions. And, uh, like, uh, one of the tracks musicians book is just like all like seventh chords minor major seventh chords and very like freaky chord progressions and then there's this like really beach boys song that's nothing but love that's just a very Mm. simple chord progression and uh even like the productions were just so different and although you know i i love all i love all the songs off that record um this next one is just a little bit more focused and uh all the songs are just like very to the point. Uh, they're all produced by the same person in the same studio. And so they're all very coherent. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that it's just a, it's more of like a, a vibe album that really just uh, is encapsulated into one thing. Is it finished now? Uh, yeah, it is, it's fully finished. That's awesome. When, when do you expect it to be out? Um, I didn't want to give any uh, hopes or non-hopes. Oh, that's uh, okay. I'm, yeah. really look- I'm really looking to make, uh, I guess, a, a bigger splash with this next one, so it might take a little bit longer. But if it was up to me, um, it'd be the fall of this year or the very, very beginning of next year. Yeah, it's it's a tough thing, isn't it? Because like, once you make something, I don't know about you, but when I make something, I just want to put it out right away, you know? But sometimes you've got to play the long game, you know, you've got to, you know, keep it to yeah, yourself, because, and especially if you know it's good, you know? Yeah, I think one of the uh, one of the problems that even uh, some newer bands and, and older bands are dealing with is that they write this record and there's this whole process of getting it out. And by the time the record actually gets out and you have to tour it, you've kind of like had so many experiences and learned so much about yourself and the world around you that you're not quite in that vibe anymore of a record that you wrote say last year or songs that you wrote two years ago and um it could make like ring seem not as fun because you're like trying to be something that you were and something that you aren't right now Mm -hmm. um and so I, i think it's important uh of course to you know, give your record the best fighting chance by doing a lot of pre, you know, pre-work on it. But I also think that it's important to, uh, I guess, push the vibe out while it's available and while you have the mindset of the record of what you're writing about and who and what the statement goes to. And um, I think that's also very important. So I'm really... If it was up to me, I'd get this record out as soon as possible because I want to show everybody in my best form what I'm trying to say and what I'm trying to do. But um, 
if it comes down to it where it comes out a little later, that's okay too. So what was the, because uh, you recorded this all at, um, I, I believe, Reseda Ranch Studios, is that right? Yes, Reseda Ranch Studios with Fernando Perdomo. Yeah, and uh, he's, uh, he's a fantastic record producer from the stuff I've seen him do. And when I saw that he was working with you, I was really excited. But I was going to ask, like, compared to your last record, how was the recording process? Was it way more streamlined? Was it quicker? Or, or what was it like for you? Um, it was definitely, yeah, way more streamlined, way quicker. It was almost just a, a real relief because, like, I saw the finish line of the record as soon as I got to the studio to begin with. Like, I was, I was like, okay, like, I know this is going to be done. Like, I'm very excited about it. Whereas my first record, it was recorded in three different places, and it was recorded over the course of three years. And it just felt like, wow, like it's kind of lost its steam in my eyes. So I wasn't quite as confident uh, of it with this next one. And uh, we recorded the entirety of the record in six days, six full, like, you know, straight eight hour days. Yeah. Which is amazing. Uh, And there's a lot of great content. And Fernando is just such an amazing producer and he has such an amazing studio and amazing gear. And he just, he really just understands like, the directions of a song like on his very first listen which is so hard to find these days and of course he's a great player as well and um he's very tech savvy and knows what tools but what really impressed me with him especially that you don't find a lot is that he just so quickly knows what vibe you're going for what sounds you need like he even had suggestions and um of harmonies and he just really knew what we were going for at the very very start just listening to the demo for the first time or sometimes even not listening to the demo he's just very very well educated in music in general and uh understands just the pathways to a successful record and so we're all very thankful and very happy with the way it came out totally i like i say i was so excited to see you guys working together because um, he strikes me as quite a, um, you know, I know I, I know he likes a lot of prog music, so he strikes me as a very seventies producer. Um, and I was wondering, did you guys record like all as a band, or did you do overdubs like by yourselves? Um, for the most part, it was all overdubs by ourselves individually. But there is a song or two that is recorded live with a bunch of us playing at once. That's cool. Uh, when you start writing a song, what is your general process? You know, is it words first or chords first, or is it all in one go? What is your process for writing? Usually it all stems from, like, the smallest idea that I can think of. Like, I never uh, sit down and say, I'm going to write a full song right now. Like, I have to do this, because it... it, cause it uh, I just find it too difficult to, I guess, put that pressure on myself. So usually what I do is uh, I record a voice memo if I'm just, like, whistling something or thinking something in my head or if I see a cool phrase or anything, and then I just record into my voice memo. And then whenever the time comes that I'm like, hey, like, I want to do some music or anything, or even if I say to myself I want to write something, like, I always have something start with and i find that it's just you gotta wait 
until uh, something comes to you and not kind of look for it. Because that's what really makes uh, it special is that everybody has all these ideas that are coming to them out of nowhere. And it's just based on the experiences that they have in their lives. And because everybody's experience in life is so unique, that's what makes all music so unique. And so you really just got to wait until something special hits you in the face and then you can save it for whenever you're ready for it. Totally. That's, that's really interesting. Um, so a couple of questions. Firstly, uh, are there any Dr. Danny shows uh, on the cards for the UK anytime soon? We have no scheduled in-depth to the UK, unfortunately. And uh, I reckon that the next time we come to the UK, it'll be uh, a lot more full and fiery and uh, we'll definitely be on a really m- a much higher level than the first time. Um, I, the first time was kind of just for anybody who really, really wanted to see me and uh, anybody who's been supporting my music for so long. And it was kind of just on a whim, uh, completely DIY. I just went out there with my band and did a couple of shows in London. And, and uh, But next time, it's really just coming down to uh, there's a lot of work that needs to be done as far as just getting help with the project and getting the word out there and just making all these trips just feasible and uh, successful and then I imagine every chance that I get I'll become a UK so hopefully soon that's awesome and uh, I, I had a you know I again I think I saw on Instagram or something that you did the last UK tour kind of like completely off your own back completely DIY like you said um, so it'd be exciting to see you guys again but I, I whenever I think about what goes into a tour and the booking and everything like that it kind of hurts my brain because it's like such a complicated process, you know? Yeah, it hurt my brain a lot, especially because uh, it was all, all the shows were booked myself and all the flights and I barely got across the border to do the shows because it was just so like unbelievably DIY and a lot of uh, money went into it. And we, we just got really lucky with, the way it turned out and we were happy to see all the faces of the supporters and um wouldn't have it any other way absolutely um is there anything you'd like to plug um while you're on the show um i'd love to plug sunflower bean absolutely sunflower bean brilliant yeah sunflower bean are uh they're such a great bunch and every member of the uh, crew is just so special in their own way and uh, their music also just has just such a force that everybody just really enjoys a lot in all these shows that I've been playing. And um, I think uh, they're just a great bunch. And um, I'm looking forward to playing shows with them, and hanging out with them, and essentially making them a part of my everyday life for the foreseeable future. Um, I have a show... A Dr. Danny show after a long drought of not having one at Babies All Right in Brooklyn, New York, in Williamsburg. Uh, it's Sunday, July 7th, and uh, Sunflower Bean will be DJing that show as well. Uh, so I'd like to plug that in as well. And um, yeah, Sunflower Bean, Dr. Danny, take over the world. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. 
Of course, it was a pleasure. Happy to be here. Cool, awesome. Well, um, I guess that, that's us. I guess we should wrap up. I know you've got a show to get to soon, so. Yeah, thanks again so much. I, it was it was actually a lot of fun. <laughs> that's awesome. No, it's just um, not only is it cool to have you on the podcast, but it's good to get to talk to you. Um, you know, I'm a fan of yours and the way you write. And uh, hey, anyway, that's uh, like I say, really good to talk to you. And I uh, hope you have a good show tonight and enjoy Cardiff. Thank you so much. I'll speak to you soon. It was nice talking to you. Nice to talk to you too, Danny. Have a good one. Cheers, mate. Bye. Bye. So uh, that was the interview with Dr. Danny. Uh, thank you for listening, and thank you to uh, Danny for doing that. Um, like I say, I'm going to put all the links to his music and everything in the show notes below. And uh, Declan, do you want to tell everyone where you can uh, find us and contact us and do things to us? Well, maybe not that last one, but uh, <laughs> if you uh, like what you've heard and you've liked what you've heard on any of the other episodes as well and you wanted to get in contact, why not uh, send us an email at weeklysongpodcast at gmail.com. You can also leave a comment in uh, either our SoundCloud uh, or iTunes. Can you leave comments on iTunes? Yeah, I think you can. If you if you leave a review, you can leave a few kind words. Uh, talking of reviews, um, yeah, why not give us a five-star review on iTunes? Because it may not necessarily meet your expectations. That's why you might not want to do it, but let's ignore <laughs> that for the time being. Um, uh, yeah, where can they find you, Roger? You can find me at www. B-A-N-D-C-A-M-P dot com. And then you press How are you enter. spelling com? C-O-M, sorry. Okay. Forward slash. No, you don't. You can put a forward slash. <laughs> press enter. And then you, you'll you be brought to a web page in your browser. Type in R-O-G-E-R space H-E-A-T H-E-R-S. And then you hit the return key again. And you'll hear the proclaimers shouting, When I hear that... Yes, if you have that browser. Yes. And you'll be brought to my um, page. Your page. That's right. Where can they find you, Declan? Well, they can just find me on SoundCloud, uh, search Declan Kitchener, or you can find it in the Weekly Song Podcast following. Um, I like for once that I've done the concise like where you can find me and you've done <laughs> the big rambling onto nothingness. Um, right, so yeah, that is it for this week. Uh, what's coming up next week? Next week we have an interview with the one, the only, Jackie Cohen. <laughs> which is going to be really exciting. And then, uh, we'll see. Maybe we've got some, some maybe of the we've sleeves, got other huh? things. Yeah, maybe we have sleeves, maybe we don't. Who knows? Maybe we have something like your mama used to make, huh? Quite so. Um, ta-ra. <laughs> ta-ra. <laughs>